This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Today's program brought to you by Brendan Shanahan, Brad Living, and Kyle Dubas. Welcome to the program. Want to get right to Elliot Friedman here right off the top. And uh, Elliot, you know, it's kind of a slow, breezy Thursday afternoon. Just thought I'd bring you on early. Maybe tell some old stories, some old jokes, maybe some, you know, some high school stories, maybe from athletic high school stories from your past and big championships playing Little League as a kid or... We could talk about a pretty crazy few hours there, whether it was the uh, Brad for Living press conference. Uh, you were there um, with the, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, officially announcing Brad Tree Living as the next general manager of the Maple Leafs. Or, you know, <laughs> news that, you know, it, it's tough. It's tough as, as someone like, like yourself and myself as well who followed the Monday Night Wars between WWF and WCW didn't see the pro wrestling in, uh, in the Pittsburgh Penguins announcing a half hour before the Brad Tree Living presser that Kyle Dubas has taken over the president of hockey operations position with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Really quick, and we're going to drill down on both. Give us a sense of what was going through your head in that half an hour from the uh, Dubas announcement to the Tree Living presser. Uh, I have a feeling they made the Dubas announcement earlier than they wanted to because it was going to get out. Um, like I, mm-hmm. I, I you know, only the Penguins can say if that was intentional for them to put it out at that time. But I know, I know I was chasing it and I thought I had it, um, and uh, I'm not sure I was the only one. Um, like. I think someone said to me the Penguins beat you by like 52 seconds, uh, but I wonder <laughs> if if it was if uh, like yeah. I, like I wonder if the Penguins put it out because there were reporters on them. I, I really do. I don't know. I, I initially heard the plan was to announce it in the afternoon, but when I like someone asked uh, at the press conference, I can't remember it was Cahal Kelly from the Globe or someone who asked, but. Um, Shanahan said he knew kind of what was going on. So I know it's very wrestling, Jeff, but I'm not sure if that's the way it was actually scripted. No, that's how I choose to believe it, Elliot. Uh, you're not going to convince me otherwise. Sorry, day late, dollar short, yeah. not falling for it here, Friedman, not falling for it here. Uh, before we get to Dubas, and by the way, a couple of things. Uh, bottom of the hour, we will go to the Kyle Dubas press conference in Pittsburgh. Also, want to mention, for those listening on 590 in Toronto, Brad True Living uh, will be on Kipper and Bourne on YouTube at 2.30 Eastern and will be replayed on the fan after the Jays game later on tonight. So stay tuned for all of that. What did you make of the Brad Tree Living press conference? It was a combination of everything is on the table, but we love everybody. To me, it was a very... It was a very safe, professional press conference, you know, by a very safe, professional general manager. Your thoughts on it? Yeah, I, I agree with that. Don't pour gasoline on the fire. Um, you know, it, it confirmed what a lot of things I initially suspected, which is that they, uh, his initial inclination is don't jump to any conclusions on Sheldon Keith and all bet on talent. And immediately he's going to go see Austin Matthews. Um, you know, I think that uh, I, I didn't expect anything different, Jeff. I really thought that that was going to yeah. be the case. I'm sorry, I'm just driving underneath the uh, Gardner Expressway here. It's never quiet. Um, I, I, I didn't expect anything different at all. And, you know, like, put it this way. 
I'm not going to be surprised at all if Keith is the coach of this team this year. I said that yesterday, and I stick with that. Um, I'm, you know, the the more you look at Tree Living's history, like Toronto has some flexibility this year. They have some cap room. If you look at all of his deals, Jeff, they all of his big ones involve a defenseman somewhere. You know the. The uh, deal with Carolina, Hannafin, who was a big part of Calgary's blue line. He went out and he signed Tanev. Uh, what's the deal with Florida, Uyghur? Although that isn't always the first name that gets mentioned. Like, I wonder if what, I really wonder, and this is early, I wonder if, Jeff, what the plan is going to be here is to, now, it all depends on what they say, too. Like, those players have votes. But I wonder if the plan is going to be to take that cap room and a little bit of roster flexibility and address the defense with mm-hmm. it. Uh, it. It wouldn't surprise me because one of the things that Tree Living went out of his way to mention was how Sheldon Keefe has the forwards back-checking. Like, he made this a big point. Like, the one thing that we've seen out of the Maple Leafs, he talked about elite players and how hard it is to acquire high-end talent. I want to get there in a second. Um, but he talked about how Sheldon Keefe has these players, quote-unquote, back-checking. And you can't win unless your forwards back-check. Almost as if, in his mind, and he wanted it out there, the forwards are fine. And the forwards aren't the issue here. And maybe if he's going out, to your point, if he's maybe if he's going out to the marketplace, it is to look for a defenseman and, and, and the forwards are fine. So I can, I can pick up what you're putting down there about, uh, about Tree Living and, uh, and the blue line. But I, I do think it was interesting the way that, you know, on the one hand, and I want to grab the quote here, we will look at all No, misquote things. him. You know, that was probably... Misquote him. <laughs> not going to misquote him here's the quote we will look at all things but at the same time he really did go out of his way to really emphasize how hard it is to get high-end you players get and the pain yep. that you have to go through to get high-end players and if you have a i don't know brad for living decoder ring on that to me sounded like don't expect these players to go anywhere i'm going to keep options open but it's hard to get these guys you don't let them go unless you're forced to. And he talked about Matthew Kachuk, and we know the Johnny Gaudreau story as well. Your thoughts on that aspect of the tree-living presser? Well, look, he's going to go meet with Matthews. He said that. I mean, I don't know how many times I've said this on Matthews, and I'll say it again. I think he's going to stay. I don't think he's going to sign a max term deal. I think the biggest question is, is he going to sign by July 1st? And, you know, I think the best, no. the best way to put it is the process kind of starts all over again because, as, you know, Tree Living said, he's got to establish a relationship with them. But I do think at the end of the day, Matthews wants to stay in Toronto and be a Leafs. So I always look at, okay, how do you work on that? Um, you know, Nylander's the other guy who's got a negotiation coming up. I'm sure, you know, Nylander is the, is, is the same agency that represented Goudreau. And that doesn't necessarily mean everything. Like every case, every case is different. Yep. Um, every case is different. And if Nylander wants to stay, they're going to find ways to make to have them stay. And you know, the thing about Marner is, I- I'm not convinced this organization. Like I know that Marner takes a lot of crap, and uh, he, he, I know he feels it sometimes too. Um, yeah. But I think that the organization really believes in Marner. I, I think they do. Uh, the one thing I can see 
screwing up all of this is, like, like, do we get to a situation where the Maple Leafs just feel that these negotiations are going to take them into a place where they can't address the rest of the roster? Like, when they signed all these plays, players to these contracts, part of their strategy was, don't worry, the salary cap's going to be going up. We're not going to have a problem here. Well, then we got hit with COVID, and the salary cap compressed. So I yeah. think you learn sometimes yeah. that, I mean, God forbid we ever go through anything like that again, but you, you have to keep your flexibility. And, you know, the one thing someone said to me last night when we were talking about all of this um, Jeff was he thinks the biggest question might be do the Maple Leafs feel that the negotiations are going to go to a place where they're not going to want them to go and he says he thinks that's actually the bigger question than the player will or the team will on keeping them all together the 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 only see one of the issues complicating all of that too, and I, I don't want to get too sidetracked talking about the the specifics of deals. But as you look at it, like we know that the salary cap is is barely inching up at all, uh, despite but protestations from various. It really players. matters. The next year is next the year, year is that the matters. year that matters. And they are predicting. Yeah, and, they are predicting it to go up to about eighty eight. And 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 the subsequent year after as well. So 92. Yes, it's, 92. It, it, it has it it has I mean you're dealing with such of an yep. unknown here right now like it, it that that's got to be such a tricky negotiation between Matthews and Nylander as well when you're again you're dealing with this hypothetical salary cap yeah I, I, I agree I mean the thing is like they are telling the teams and I believe during the agent tour they were telling the agents as well. Like, we we talked, uh, like, this initially came out uh, last summer, we talked about it, Jeff, which is that they thought it was going to be 83 and a half, 87, 88, and then 92, 93. Now, I think there's some hope they can get it to maybe 84, 84 and a half this year. We'll see. But that hasn't changed about the future. And I think the teams and the players, I mean, all you can do is work underneath the parameters that you're told and hope that... We don't go through anything like that again. But I like for mm-hmm. Toronto, the question is not this year; it's next year, and they will get a bump. But like I like I said, Jeff, like I thought it was a really interesting. Per- and this guy I was talking to last night, he's in a position to kind of know, and he's like, okay, it, and he has the same feeling that I do: is that Matthews will be the highest paid player in the league. Okay, well, what yeah. does that mean for the other guys around them? Like, where does and, and he, where does that mean Nylander goes? Like, in a year, where does that mean Marner goes? And he said, that's actually the biggest question. It's not, do the Leafs want to keep him? Because he thinks they do. Do the players want to stay there? Because he thinks they do. The question is, where do all these numbers end up? And that's why Tree Living is going to have to navigate. Uh, re- really quickly, one one quick um, last point here on tree living, and then I want to uh, dovetail to the the Kyle Dubas situation with the Penguins. Uh, you tweeted out about draft restrictions with Brad Tree yeah. Living. He was asked about that and deferred to Brendan Shanahan. Uh, Shanahan did not want to get in, in, into any specifics about what the restrictions are, but as you reported on Twitter, uh, he's not allowed at the draft table in Nashville. What's up there? Yeah. <laughs> So that was Calgary's thing, is that uh, 
Um, you know, we don't want him working the draft. I think there's some specific conversations that he can't have. So maybe they'll have to use, like, elaborate hand signals to do them. I, I don't really know how it's all going to work. <laughs> but he's, he's not allowed to be at the, uh, at the draft table. The other thing I couldn't get clarity on today, Jeff, like, darn these teams for making us work harder is I tried to get clarity on what the agreement is between Pittsburgh and Toronto about Dubas's staff. Like I do think, I do think Spets is going to end up with Pittsburgh. The question is, as someone said to me today, is he going to end up as a member of the Penguins or is he going to end up as a member of Fenway sports group? I think he's got, I think he's got another year and, and this is, as someone said to me, this is what we pay lawyers for. So, um, yeah. but I, I think he's going to go. The one I think a lot of people are wondering is Pridham. And, like, like Dubas was announced president of Hockey Ops. The one thing I can say about this is Dubas made it pretty clear he likes the GM role. So, I, I wonder if, if he's still going to be have a lot of those duties. I'm curious to and and the one thing I've always been told about Pittsburgh is they don't focus on the titles because Dubis may like whoever was going as president of hockey ops and Dubis is now they might leave the GM title free to get someone from another team that they have to promote. So I'm I think right. he wants the GM roles and duties. The thing about Pridham is, and this is what everyone's asking about, uh, uh, Brandon Pridham, I think there are some people who, and again, I'm just saying this, uh, like, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I, I think there are some people in, in the Leafs organization who really want him to stay and will try to convince him to stay and are hoping that he will want to stay. So I'm not convinced mm-hmm. yet that this Pridham to Pittsburgh thing is a certainty. I think they are... If they haven't done it already, I think they will work hard on convincing him to stay. Look, one, one quick note on, on Pridham. I, I believe it's two years. Elliot, correct me if I'm wrong, that he has left on his contract. And you saw and heard how Brad Tree Living talked about Brandon Pridham and talked about yeah. how close he was with Pridham when he was with Arizona and the league. Uh, temporarily owned the team. There were almost daily discussions, how he wrote the CBA and the salary. It was glowing praise uh, of Brandon Pridham. That's kind of a, an obvious tip-off that they, they want him to stay here too. Um, you know, the, the, the one thing is, I, as I think about Jason Spetz a little bit more, um, do you think we should follow the, uh, the Liverpool Twitter feed to see if there's any Jason Spetz announcements that he's been hired by Liverpool here or maybe the Boston Red Sox? Is that what we're getting at here, Elliot? Look, I, I really know you're trying to create, like, the ultimate crossover here, so. You know what else I learned it, today? Uh, what's that? That Brandon Pridham's nickname is Buck. Buck? Why Buck? Yeah. Oh, because he's a salary know. cap guy and it's a dollar. Okay. That's, that's uh, why. Someone told me his nickname was Buck. I didn't know that until today. Uh, I, I, I wonder if that is a salary cap thing. He handles the bucks, and so he's called Or maybe buck. he's just a know. big just fan of deer. Uh, or a big fan of Buck Martinez, just a huge Jays fan. Yeah, that's he right. goes over to Pittsburgh, that's he's right. going to have to become a Red Sox fan nonetheless. 
Uh, okay, so let's get to Kyle Dubas here. Um, surprise for you, not necessarily that it's not the general manager, but the president of hockey operations, that it is the Pittsburgh Penguins and not some mystery box team. And I know you've already shot down the the uh, the Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, NWO angle to all of this one in the Monday Night Wars, and you want to kill all of our fun with this. But did this one uh, did this one catch you off guard at all? Any any portion, no. of it, Elliot? Well, I mean, just that, like, uh, like I heard it was a, like, they, like someone said to me that they think they've been working on this like really hard the last two or three days, and someone else told me they thought this was going to be announced on Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, Tuesday. What day is it today? Thursday? I sorry, I don't even know what day it is Thursday, anymore. Thursday. Someone told me they thought they initially thought it was supposed to be on Tuesday, and it just took a long time, like. Like there was a lot of conflicting reporting here, and uh, and uh, uh, like like I like I, I was I like there was a lot of conflicting reporting here, um, and uh, like I like I was riding the roller coaster like everybody else. Like I just didn't know, and you know the only thing I really feel good about about it, Jeff, is that. When we, when you and I talked about it, we just talked about how the decision hadn't been made, and that turned out to be correct. Yep. Like, I think it got done last night, this morning. Like, you know, just for argument's sake, like, I got a text this morning about 9:30 saying you better start looking into it, and I just couldn't confirm it. Like, they kept it really tight. Like, sometimes team employees find out. I'm not convinced that actually happened here. I think they really tried to uh, keep it tight, tight, tight until they basically put it out on social. So I'm not surprised. It did take a little longer than I think a lot of us thought. Um, but uh, I don't think anybody is really surprised here. Now, I know there's a lot of people ripping Dubas. He said didn't want to go anywhere. And then, you know, two weeks later, he ends up here. Look, I mean, the way the, the, way the world was when he first made that comment is not the way the world was. the world is now. And you know, I, I think that's a good, I think that's a good reminder to people that we all try to control what we can control to the best of our ability. But you know, Jeff, you plan, God laughs, and uh, look what happened the last couple of weeks. And I don't have any problem with him taking that job as long as his family's happy with them. Eh, I'm good with it. You know, that's one of my favorite quotes of all time, and it comes from your grandmother. Um, uh, it comes from your grandma. You plan, God laughs. Uh, I've always gone with the uh, uh, Maynard Keynes line, which is uh, after he was caught flip-flopping on some issue, he said, when the, when the facts change, I change my mind along with them. What, pray tell, do you do? Uh, and that's kind of how I look at the, uh, the Dubas situation here. Yep. Um, let me let me hypothesize something here because I, I think we are sort of expecting Jason Spezza to show up in some capacity at some point with the Pittsburgh Penguins. But does this completely take? Because don't forget the discussion here before Dubas takes over. The discussion was about you know Tulski and Darsh and Greeley and these types of people that were you know gunning for the general manager position. Now that gets yep. handed to Kyle Dubas. This will be I'm I'm assuming. Uh, that it's no longer uh, Fenway Sports and Dave Beeston, that this is Kyle Dubas's decision. Does that take those old chess pieces completely off the board, or are they back on the board, or do we just not know? I, I will put it this way. I find it impossible to believe, Jeff, that they didn't have that conversation already. 
I'm sure Dubas has an of up and down of of uh, of who they interviewed. I'm sure they'll listen to Dubas and who he wants. Um, I do think the Penguins would like to bring in, like the the Penguins interviewed a lot of these young up and comers for a reason. And uh, like I don't think Jason Botterill is going to Pittsburgh to work under Kyle Dubas. I I, I don't I don't see that. Um, I I do I do see the possibility that they try. Like I said, I think Pittsburgh wanted to keep its fl- titles flexible. So now, if they want to go and get someone for somewhere else, they can say this person is going to be our GM. And you watch the next big fight about this, Jeff, and this league is going to be. Well, maybe the title says that, but is he really doing or she really doing the GM job? Is it? Is it? Is it? Uh, is it just like a glorified AGM because Kyle's the GM? You watch, like that fight will start. But I wouldn't be surprised uh, if they on, go hang to on, him. Hang on, we... hang on. Yeah. Hang, hang on. We, we, we just had that in Vancouver with Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvine, whom they got away from yeah. the Pittsburgh Penguins. And, yeah. and Rutherford made it you know, point blank from day one. He was calling the shots here. Like We, we just saw this. Yeah. And again, this was around the Pittsburgh Penguins, but the reverse. That's a good point. That's that's the first time you've ever made a good interruption of me talking. <laughs> okay, carry on. <laughs> no, so anyway, like apropos of nothing, that's a really fair point. Uh, you know, I I I, I think I, I think this, Jeff. I, I think that I, I I think that Pittsburgh will want to see if Kyle wants to bring in someone newer and different into that spot, and I'm very curious to see yeah. where it goes. Uh, you've seen Kyle Dubas work going back to his days with the Greyhounds, uh, all the way through yeah. the, the Maple Leafs as an AGM and then sitting in the big chair as well. I mean, the Pittsburgh Penguins are a very unique team. This is a very unique creature. And we've talked plenty about Crosby, Malkin, Latang, et cetera. And the, you know, that, uh, that, that gang of three, um, and run it back one more time and try to get, you know, so, some uh, reclaimed glory. Um, you're Kyle Dubas. You show up in Pittsburgh, president of hockey operations. I know you still want to populate around uh, yourself, but what do you do? Like, do you look at this team? You know, I look at the Penguins and I say, if I'm going in there, I'm saying to myself, okay, it's going to be, you know, three seasons of we're going to be the sixth place team in the Eastern Conference. And while we do that, maybe we win around here and there. Um, we're we're restocking the shelves and we're repopulating the pipeline, et cetera. So when that is all said and done, and those three years of being the sixth place team in the uh, in the Eastern Conference are over, you know we have the next version of whatever the Pittsburgh Penguins turn into. But I don't know if that's what they're thinking. Uh, what do you think, Dubas is thinking through all of this, taking the Penguins' job? Well, I just think that there he's gonna he's gonna go out to. Uh, I, I think that he's going to go out to look. They're not back. They're not going backwards, Jeff. I mean, you've talked about this. Nope. When you sign up with Crosby, nope. you sign up with. Uh, you, you're there to do the job, and um, and you're there to do the job with winning. And I think that's exactly what is going to happen here. I think what they're going to ask him is they're going to ask him for a detailed plan, which he'll do. He'll give them. And he'll try to find players on the margins. Um, you know, like, that, that's all you can do. And uh, I, I think that he thinks the way that a lot of these organizations like to think. I think he speaks their language. And I hope that he gets better at some of the things that he 
um, didn't uh, they didn't do as well in Toronto. Like, like one thing I think is Pittsburgh is still a market with a lot of pressure on it because those Penguins fans they love their hockey, uh, but it's not the same yeah. as Toronto. And I just wonder if just you know if we're not at the Spinal Tap eleven, let's just say he's at seven or eight. <laughs> like, just how much better does he feel, or how much freer does he feel with that? I'm uh, I'm curious to see what he does with the net minding there. Like there are still some big decisions here coming up for the uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Like there are some some wild ones here for for the Penguins and I'm Penguins and I'm I'm with you. There's 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 no steps backwards uh, whatsoever. Re- really quick before I let you go, and I know it's going to be a busy day for you. And hopefully, if everything is okay with Air Canada, we're on our way to Vegas tomorrow for media day. Let's all cross our fingers. Um, I'm going to talk to Spencer Carberry a little bit later on on the show. Oh, nice. So newly minted. Yeah, newly minted head coach of the Washington Capitals. And, you know, he was always considered the one that got away. You know, I uh, I believe that when he left the Capitals organization to go to Toronto, you know, Washington so desperately didn't want to lose him. Uh, I'm pretty sure they offered to match the NHL contract for Carberry to keep him in the Caps organization, even though he was coaching in the American Hockey League. These are some of the things I'll get into with Carberry in, in the next hour. But he was kind of the one that, that, that got away. Um, he's interviewed with a number of different teams. Just your, your thoughts on, on Spencer Carberry here, uh, newly minted head coach of the Washington Capitals. Well, that he likes to run at five in the morning. I think that's crazy. Tell him he should still be in bed at that time. Uh, like you that. know, um, like yeah, no, I don't. I think that's crazy. Uh, you know, look, like I, I think nobody knows him better than those guys do, right? It's it's going to be interesting yeah. there. Like you, you've got a Washington team that's going to be making some changes. It already has. Um, like you're gonna, it's going to be different there. Um, you know, you, but you still have Ovi. Uh, you know, like you, you, like the one thing that some of those guys said after the season was was over is, we got to go back to a little bit more X's and O's and technique, and he's good at that. Hmm. So I'm curious. I'd be curious to hear like what what kinds of what kinds of things the Capitals told them the players said, and what they therefore want him to do, because. Like when, like when, when you're saying we want to look, because Laviolette, he's a fire breather, man. He's that's what he's good at. He's good yeah. at telling you, at getting you ready to play. I think they wanted a little less of that and a little more technique. So I'm curious to see what uh, what that means. By the way, on Laviolette, um, we I, we I thought he was in New York earlier this week. I don't think that's the case. I I don't think that was the case. I think I was a bit premature. I think he might be there now or getting there now. Someone told me he was going in today. I don't, I mean, hopefully we aren't all premature like we were earlier this week, but where I was this week, but I think it might, it, he might be there now or getting there now. I heard there were a couple guys the, uh, going in for second interviews there. Yeah. You, you saw the New York post report about John Hines getting permission. I did. I, I, no, I'm not disputing Molly Walker on that one. I believe it's 100% true. We, saw, we uh, shall see what happens here with the Rangers uh, coaching situation. Oh, real quick, uh, Ron Francis, uh, extension, Seattle Kraken, general manager, about a 0% shocker here. He's done a great job, as we saw all season and into the playoffs. 
Yes, my heart rate did not change when I saw that news. It was, it was. I was just a bit surprised <laughs> that I, I was a little bit surprised that uh, uh, that an expansion team GM was only given like three seasons initially. That was what yes. actually surprised me. Someone yes. sent me a note about that. They said, "Wow, that seems a bit harsh," but uh, but you know what? He deserves to be locked in. Uh, I, I, I like. I, I thought he did a fantastic job. It's like to me the the the, the best job about the uh, best job a GM does is when they say, okay, these are our weaknesses and we're going to fix them. And he had that season. Uh, real quick to to re- rewind to the the conversation at the top of the hour. Just thought of something here. You know, you and I talk a lot about pendulums and swings, and you swing one way and then you swing the other way on your various hires. And we've talked about how pendulums overcorrect to find their balance. Um, when yep. you look at the hirings by Brendan Shanahan, Lou Lamarillo, Kyle Dubas, Brad Treliving, is this? A case of the pendulum going so far one way, so far the other way, and then settling on the middle with the balance being Brad Treleving, or is that a strained analogy for you? No, I don't think that's. I, I don't think that's a terrible analogy at all. Like many of your other ones, um, I think that. Hey. Like I think that. I, I think that Treleving does try to straddle the line. I think he's got a little bit of old school in him, but I think he's got a lot of new school. Like Chris No. Like Chris Noe in Calgary, he built a program there that that, that organization really yeah. trusts. And they listen to it. Like the stuff he put together, they paid attention. So I, I think like mm-hmm. like like I think that's why a guy like Truly makes a lot of sense. He's always got a business background because of his family, but he's but he's got yeah. a, a hockey background because he played and was an executive for a long time. I know you gotta go. We got to hustle uh, Kyle Dubas at the podium right now. Great job, Fridge. Let's get to Pittsburgh. New president of hockey operations, Kyle Dubas.